0: There's a a lot of people out there, a whole industry of people in fact, who won't want this podcast aired. They don't want you to listen to what our guest has got to say and what's going to be revealed. But that's why this week's podcast is a must listen.
1: Welcome to The Property Podcast, where every Thursday morning, property investors come to be informed and inspired. And what a treat this episode's going to be. You get to listen in to one of the favourite conversations I've had this year. You're going to hear from someone who's ended up on a fascinating journey, you're going to laugh, and you're going to be absolutely shocked by some of the things you hear. So make sure you stick around.
0: So our new story of the week this week looks at Airbnb, and Airbnb is becoming more and more popular with property investors lots of people are talking about it not everyone's doing it But this auctioneer thinks maybe you should. Yeah,
1: we'll link to the story in the show notes. But all it really is, is an auctioneer who's been through his auction catalogue and identified particular lots that might lend themselves well to being let out as short-term accommodation on Airbnb or a site like that. it specifically mentions a block of four flats that you can buy freehold and rent those out. And he also highlights a house in Watford that's only five minutes away from the Harry Potter studio tour. So there's a tourist opportunity there. And I just thought it was interesting because this is an area that a lot of people are looking at because you can make an attractive looking nightly rate and the tax treatment for holiday lets is more favourable. But most people seem to be trying to do it in city centre flats. You can see why they're trying to do that because clearly there's a lot of tourist demand and there's business traveller demand as well. But normally it's the case that you just can't do it. It'll be a breach of the lease to do that in most flats. And I've seen a lot of buildings recently sending out letters to all the owners saying, we know some of you are doing this and you need to stop because it's not allowed. So it looks like people are starting to clamp down as Airbnb becomes more and more popular. But if you apply a bit of creativity, you look in areas that aren't city centres, but where there's going to be strong demand, and you look at properties critical that are freehold, so you're not going to run into lease issues, there are real opportunities there. So it's not an easy strategy either to set up or to keep running, but if you are willing to get creative and do the work, there are some interesting opportunities there.
0: A couple of quick mentions before we started. We've got meetups tonight, so grab yourself a ticket and get along and socialise with some wonderful hubbers. Head along to propertyhub.net forward slash meetups. These are non-selling events with no funnels. It's important that we stress that with this episode ahead and also very much related to what we're going to talk about this episode. Check out our YouTube channel. Lots of stuff going out all the time. Search Property Hub UK on YouTube.
1: It shouldn't have escaped your attention that we are big on education at Property Hub. We strongly believe that the way to succeed in property or indeed with anything is to Be clear about what you're doing it for, set your goals, then arm yourself with the knowledge you need to succeed. Now, we've got plenty of ways that you can learn for free or very close to it, such as this podcast and books and courses and all that kind of thing. But nevertheless, we hear from people all the time who are thinking about going on paid courses or they see a free in-person course advertised that makes some pretty intriguing claims. Now, some of these courses might be great, but some of them are simply designed to part you from your money. And it's that second type, of course, that our guest today found himself getting a little bit obsessed with.
0: Yes, today we're talking to Mike Winnett. He's the creator of the Contrapreneur Formula Exposed, and we talked about this a little while back on the podcast. Mike's been creating waves in our industry. From our point of view, lovely, fantastic waves, waves that have long been coming. And that's because he's exposing entrepreneurs, and that's his word, and it'll make sense what a entrepreneur is shortly. So we caught up with Mike in person in Manchester and we started off by asking him what he's been up to and why he even started doing this. Why did he start exposing some of these so-called financial gurus?
1: Mike, tell us a little bit about who you are
2: and what it is that you're doing. So I am Mike Winits, and I am a get-rich-quick ad clicker. So when I see passive income streams advertised on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, LinkedIn, I click those adverts, I put my money where my mouth is, I do the courses, enrol in the boot camps, buy the asset that they're advertising, and then report my real results compared to what's promised by the adverts and the gurus. And our audience probably knows you about for a video that we linked a while
1: back, which may or may not be up again by the time this goes out, Contrapreneur um, Formula. So can you tell us a little bit about that
2: video? Yeah, so the entrepreneur Formula really was an amusing look at reoccurrences I kept seeing in the sector. So when I was going to look at things to invest in, I would go to a lot of these events that you'd have people on stage telling you how to make money in affiliate marketing or drop shipping or no money down deals or whatever it might be, flipping products on eBay Um, basically any passive income uh, talks, I'd go to. And what I started to notice was the language was the same in all of these talks, the actual, even the backstories that some of these speakers would use, the results they were claiming, even down to the pricing that they used. No matter what sector or what asset they were selling, it was if they were all a clone of each other. So I just thought, why don't I document these things that I see in here? And then we made the video the Contrapreneur Formula so we went down to London and we went and saw the same speaker speak at three different events and then recorded what he claims were one-off deals and he'll never do this price again followed him around the country to see if he was telling the truth or not
0: I loved the video it was brilliant and I I went on Twitter to say that it's a video I wish we'd made because it was genius but but why why did you make
2: it what prompted you to, to get into this? Well, what it was, it was it was kind of sitting in the audience and listening to people. And I, I've sold, I'd i previously sold a business and I'd become financially free or hit the jackpot in many people's eyes. I'd had that big payday and um, I was, had to wear golden handcuffs for two years. So I had all this money. and didn't know what to do with it. So I wanted to invest. I didn't want a crazy two years. I wanted to invest long term and make sure this wealth lasts and I can then build a sort of legacy and deep-rooted wealth. That was the plan. So I was in this audience listening to people on stage, and some of the claims they were making and how easy they were making things sound blew my mind because I'd actually done the thing that they were talking about. And I you know, worked in startups for four, five, six years before I even set up my own business. Then it was the sacrifice of not paying myself on long hours and paying staff before I did. And the success of that business was based on finding a niche and having a USP and offering a real alternative it kind of worried me a little bit that people were there thinking that someone was going to be on stage for a low-value product, giving you a step-by-step guide to becoming financially free, but making it sound so easy. And I thought it, was, it wasn't it was fair, and I kind of felt it preyed on vulnerable people. I mean, some people were there because you could argue lazy or they weren't going to put in the effort. I get that some people would argue that, but it was hearing a, a virtual assistant, a VA next to me, sitting there saying... Uh, she thinks she could have a 10 million pound business within 8 months if she bought, just bought this guru's business plan and I, I asked to kind of explain it to me just work through the numbers and how you think you're going to achieve that and even when you were talking to her with logic she'd been caught up in the whole theatre of it and the fake testimonials the fake scarcity and she was paying for this course on a credit card and I just thought I think more people need to be aware of the kind of manipulation or the lines then that you're walking into in these environments. They're not set up there to help you. There's only one person who's going to line their pockets from these events. And, And that was it, really. It was kind of like to give a balance to the people that had been there. Weirdly, though, a lot of people in there would say that I was negative and they won't recognize that that was to benefit those people because it is a little bit cultish, you know, in some of the people that are there. And Yeah. But that's how the events are set up. You know, There was plants in the audience and all sorts. And I kept seeing the same plants at different events and the same language used, same stories used. And I just thought, wouldn't it be funny just to, basically, you can now use this script in any sector and then people might recognize it and uh, be more aware of what was happening to them in those events.
0: So we'll dig into those tactics and those things you've seen but you've touched on your business there and I think a lot of people listening will like to know the backstory. like what was that business? What did you do to get into the position you are now?
2: Yes, so me and three of my friends there was four of us from Warrington we all were in other businesses beforehand and we'd all done some forms of training or we'd trained staff I used to be a sales manager for a, a legal for landlords which is like a legal services provided to landlords And uh, so we'd all done sorts of training before and we kind of felt that a lot of the learning that we did in the work environment didn't match how you'd learn at home. So if you wanted to learn something at home, you'd go on YouTube, you'd find out in, say, 90 seconds or whatever, two minutes, and then you'd kind of put that into practice. Whereas online training and e-learning would be long drawn out, click next, death by PowerPoint training. So we looked at the sector and realized it was kind of stuck in the dark ages. Everybody had long drawn out content and it was long contracts and really expensive. And we just thought, how can we make this accessible in a style that we would enjoy? So we found a niche and then we marketed our business in a completely different way to everybody else. We marketed it as we know e is rubbish and we make the stuff. So why don't we try and make the best of a bad product? And that was it then. So we just targeted corporates and provided them with learning resources to, uh, for staff development. And the business just exploded.
0: When did this start to become a thing? This entrepreneur idea, like, where where did the idea come from? I know you said like you you wanted to put your money in, but when did you think, okay, this is an idea. Now, not only can I put my money into this, but this could be a podcast and a video and everything else around it.
2: Um, so I've been doing a few different podcasts because well, I originally started off as a as a bit of a joke parody business guru on LinkedIn. It's a bit of a cesspit of, uh, you know, I'll call myself the number one, whatever marketing guy in the Northwest or whatever, based on nothing, but you've just changed your, your, your bio. So I kind of used to mock the most, I used to call them like, like the humble brags or the worst posts of the week. And I used to give bit, bad business advice based on them. So I used to just like, you know, uh, recreate the stories with a twist at the end. So it started off as that. So I was a demotivational speaker. So I had like a fake website that I put up and I used to advertise myself as a racial speaker just for a bit of a laugh until people started leaving testimonials to say that they'd actually been to my talks which had never happened which blew my mind (laughs) so we kind of followed that process through as part of that we went down to an event in London and the plan was, we were writing a book called The Contrapreneur, weird because we thought it was a good word, which we've trademarked, by the way, in case you are going just try and steal it. So <laughs> um, we thought it was a good idea. And we went down to London, spent a few grand, and all I was going to do, was so i pay to ask a question, and I was just going to ask him for a forward from a book, hoping he'd tell me to f*** <laughs> and no, and then we were going to use that as a forward <laughs> for the book. So that was purely the plan. What I didn't realise about these events at the time was, f***er was going to come on for 30 minutes at the end of day two, and I had to sit through 24 other gurus telling me how I can be financially free and a success in online courses, which I'm an expert in if you want to talk about, you know, actual genuine success. And hearing the nonsense they were spouting from the stage of how much money you could make, targeting, you know, people on Facebook through courses when I know that for a fact you can't make that money and, and all this stuff. So affiliate marketing, YouTube, passive income through YouTube channels and all these different courses make money from a podcast. So I just thought, this is a booming industry that I wasn't even aware of happened and that's when I started to notice the reoccurring scripts that they're all using the the words and the NLP and all those scarcity stuff and I just thought there doesn't seem to be anything out there on this everyone seems to be pushing the products or evangelical about it Oh, I love the 10x or I love the this property guru Nine times out of ten, they're selling it for them or they're part of the business in some way, shape or form. So I just thought, why don't we bring a little bit of balance to it? And we were banned for two years from doing anything in, in online training anyway. So it just gives us something to do and hone our skills and learn a few new skills on the way. So it started out as something as a humorous observation. And then when we started getting people interested, saying, oh, this sounds like this guru or this sounds like this industry, it was a bit strange how we've ended up here, but... So you've put your own money into
1: these ventures now. Stupidly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... You want it to work, presumably, you want to I think this is something that people probably miss if they just watch a couple of clips, because like you aren't there
2: to try and expose everyone, you want them to all be correct,
1: and so you actually get a return on your money.
2: I want every single one that i put my money into to work as well as the gurus have said, because then um, I think if we've invested in six, so by this time next year I'll have made six million pounds from all <laughs> these things. So I want them to work, yeah, you, you have to be a real idiot to invest, and we've now put 500,000 of our money in, into all these different um, courses, training, uh, boot camps, and actually buying the assets. So we're not just learning the theory, we're putting it into practice. I want them all to work. I want drop shipping to work. I want the affiliate website to work. I want all the crypto mining rigs to work and all the cryptocurrencies we've bought and properties overseas and back to brick refurbishments we're doing in the UK. I want all these things to work as promised.
0: Okay, so hopefully it does. But the way people get you to invest in their ideas and courses and products is through, as you've touched on, a method of selling that seems familiar, whatever sector you go to. Yeah.
2: So what have you seen? Um, well, all of these things are easy to make make your money in, which the reality is it's not. So it's um, they all start off with the backstory was build rapport with they were just like you they'd come to this event two years ago three years ago and look at them now they're on stage so you've got that they always establish authority one of the ones I noticed was they all seem to be an Amazon bestseller I know you're an Amazon bestseller <laughs> I have I have books on Amazon. I wouldn't go. describe myself as an Amazon bestseller. Well, so. if you want to know how you can get a bestseller, <laughs> well, I can do it for you in was, 24 hours. He's being
1: modest
0: because he was a bestseller not in knitting for grannies. <laughs> if you've got a dog and a cat, that's red. Yeah. is actually the overall category uh, on the whole of Amazon. So he's
2: quite modest. Really, I, yeah. I bought your book. So I when I first um, got the money and I was looking at, because I'm kind of worthy in property, I bought your book and the audiobook. I bought both like a weirdo to make notes in it. But um, So I knew of you. Mm-hmm. From, from the book I didn't, I'd never even seen like Property Hub or any of that stuff before but yeah but yeah. so it was like Established Authority and then it was Testimonials and this was a bit that blew my mind the Testimonials all seemed fake and then when you look online they'd all have five star Testimonials but I always say this look at the dates and times that these five star Testimonials come in it's as if and I'm not going to name names at these events the guru on stage says if you would like to qualify for f- to get my mentorship for free leave me a five star review on Trustpilot or leave me a five star and it's weird how you can see all the five star reviews are grouped around the dates that they were doing events in different parts of the country. So I started noticing things like that. So fake um, testimonials, live testimonials in the audience, you know, people getting up, running onto stage. And when we ended up following one guru around, we saw the same people getting up and running onto stage at different times. So paid for plants in the audience, acting like customers. So we started seeing stuff like that. The NLP. That is real, hearing someone say buy now, buy now, buy now, or step by step, or you can follow this process, uh, step by step, stuff like that. So we started seeing the NLP and then the scarcity. So this is amazing. Everybody's all excited. Everyone thinks they're going to take advantage. of this amazing deal. Unfortunately, it's only available to the first 20 people that sign up. Bet you now, and I've seen it numerous times, if 80 people run to the back of the room with their credit cards out, they're not going to turn down 60 people. They take all their money. So it was just seeing that process repeated. And then the one that topped everything off, especially the first event I went to, was the price. It was all the prices ended in a seven to the point where even the crowd was shouting them out. Some people were booing it. It, it, it. It became a joke. And I just thought, how can people fall for this? But I suppose we were coming at it from a different maybe a different angle. I wasn't there looking to become financially free. I was there purely for a reason to kind of get a forward for a book. So I wasn't caught up in the, you know, standing up and giving each other a high five and because they get you to do all that type of stuff. You know, put your hand up and get you to commit every question because once you've said yes 200 times in a two-hour period, it's harder than saying no at the end of that. So it's very smart. So I was looking at it kind of sort of bird's eye view, I suppose, and I wasn't really caught into it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing and how effective it was. And that's when we started to follow it around and see is this the same in this sector or that sector and does that guru offer that price in Birmingham or Manchester?
1: It's interesting that you just weren't falling for it at all. Because I know I've never been to one of those things, but I know a lot of switched on people who kind of go along very sceptically. Yeah. And then they admit afterwards I didn't but I kinda of had to sit on my hands because I was caught up in it. And at one point I was thinking, oh, maybe I should do this. Yeah, so clearly like when you just say it like that, it sounds crazy it kinda of sounds like a bit of a joke all that high fiving your neighbour and all that kind of stuff. But it's clearly very
2: effective. Very effective. Um it's it's manipulation and this is the, the one thing I, I've, I've really tried to be clear on especially since the entrepreneur formula came out and seen some of the cause i've had some criticism in the comments for it these are just good sales tactics i've got nothing wrong with the task the tactics say as a, as a general rule if the product is valuable does help people achieve those results um the testimonials are real. These are real testimonials from people that have generally come in the audience and they've gone, actually, I did this and it helped me. That's very different to paying someone to pretend that they've achieved these results and rush to the back of the room so Nora that's sat next to you that's got a credit card thinks she's going to miss out on one of the last 20 slots. Uh, that's it's the, it's the intent of the person on stage and the actual value the product gives people. That's where I think it then becomes wrong. I think some people think I don't like sales tactics we used to use some of these tactics in our business we used to use testimonials but they were real testimonials from our customers we used to have video testimonials but they were real video testimonials from our customers you could contact them yourselves you know stuff like that And we would have scarcity which would be we are going to give five of these away for free and we would legit only give five away for free they're all fine in my mind I think it's the intent of the person on stage and the value of the product that they're, they're providing you is the issue
0: and it's also the people who go there are looking for something. Not all of them, but quite yeah. a lot of them are, are going there because you know it's, it's not a bad thing to think, oh, I do want to be financially free or I do want to be in a better position than I am now. So I can do these things for my family. So yeah. people are going there already with a mindset that I want these things yeah. to happen for me. They want it to work. So then when they're in this boiler pot of manipulation, you can quite easily understand how they end up handing over their credit cards and in some cases getting themselves into more debt yeah. than they were already in, which is just horrific. You can you can understand, it's easy listening to this going, oh, I'd never fall for that, but you've been to them and I've, I've actually, unlike Rob, I have been to these things and I understand how people fall for it because you you can be made to feel stupid for not doing it. Oh, wait there, You've come here because you want to be financially free and I've told you you can be. These people have told you it can be. Here's, we've kind of alluded to how we're going to help you do that. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. And you can understand why those people fall for it. And this is a whole industry, not just in property, but in multiple sectors. Yeah,
2: well, there's a few things there. So one of the things that they use like there is shaming tactics. So if you don't put your hand up and participate, you're almost singled out, and no one wants to be singled out in front of a crowd. So you kind of caught in the whole... It's like crowd mentality, isn't it? People mm. do things in a crowd that they wouldn't do on their own or if they could sit there. It's because everything's been heightened. It's like the decision-making capabilities aren't in play in those scenarios and you do make bad decisions in the heat of the moment. So there's that. But at that event, purely what you were saying there, I can give you two examples of people that shouldn't have been spending money. So when you've got a 16, 17-year-old lad at a property event with his mum's credit card rushing to the back to sign up to a £6,000 mentorship, when he can't get a mortgage... There's something wrong with that. And then I get that some people, and I've tried and played devil's advocate a little bit, I get that some people say they've not forced him to hand over the credit card and he should know that he can't get a mortgage at 18. But he's a 16-year-old lad that's just been subjected to that for 12, 14 hours, which is another tactic they employ, which is decision fatigue. They keep you in there for as long as possible. And really, actual value you get from these events, sure, you might learn something from a free event and it might be on a no money down deal or you know rent to rent or whatever it might be but that's probably half an hour's worth of value hidden in a 14 hour day do you see what I mean and the rest is just a sales pitch so yeah so there's that there's that and the fact that you're you're singled out so it's so easy to fall for it and far more more intelligent people than me have fallen for these things. I don't think IQ has got anything to do with it. It's where you're at in life. You could have financial problems. You could have family problems. You could be going through divorce. It could be you're annoyed at your job or your work or whatever because everyone feels like they deserve more, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone does. And everyone thinks they work hard. If someone's offering you, and anyone can do this, and you can do this in 60 days, I can see why people would fall for it. But the reality is, look at the wealthiest people and most successful people in the world. Unless you've won the lottery... You can't get rich quick. If you're getting rich quick, someone's getting poorer even quicker. That's my that's my thoughts on it.
0: Rob, you couldn't see this on the podcast, obviously, but during this interview, I was just nodding a lot. I looked like the Churchill dog, like <laughs> I just kept nodding and like smiling, like yes, yes. I just wanted to like join in at several times during this interview because I agree, and I don't know you do too, so much with what he said and, and what he's doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's funny because he didn't originally come at this from the property side. He was seeing this in other courses, pitching other business opportunities or get-rich-quick schemes, you might like to say. But he has now seen it in property. But it seems like the tactics that are used are universal. Whatever it is that people are pitching... The way that they do it, the techniques they use always seem to be the same. And I guess, Rob, that's because they work. They they work in a very positive way, but they get the result. And the result that they want isn't to leave everyone going away feeling very informed. It's wanting them to buy something.
0: Absolutely, Rob. And as you heard, some of the tactics they use, and this is just like we've touched on some of the stuff here. It's not all of it. Sickening really. It's it's actually horrible. I'm sure they do justify it to themselves when they go home at night and put their heads down on the pillow. But wow, what a warped way of justifying it to yourself. And the thing is, that the thing with this whole scam, this whole system that they use, is that the people who've bought into it don't want to acknowledge that it is a con and they have wasted money and they have been duped because they've spent money and pride comes into this and they've been getting away with it for a long time. A long, long time. This isn't new, this is something that's been happening since I first got into property, which was 12, 13 years ago. And that's because, as humans, our wishes and desires haven't changed. We want to believe that we can achieve great things, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what these people do is pretend there's a shortcut to getting there, and there isn't. It's hard work, Bit of talent and a lot of luck, and yes, that that hard work and comes up with knowledge as well. But there aren't secrets. There are no secrets to becoming a successful property investor. We tell you how to do it on this podcast. We're three hundred and forty-two episodes in. There isn't much left. You know, we've told you how to do everything, but we want to believe that there's an easier way. We want to believe there's a shortcut. There isn't, but because we want to believe, these businesses. And entrepreneurs
1: thrive. And clearly, it's very effective because even people who are very switched on and should know better end up getting tempted. But as Mike says, he's got no problem with people using sales techniques. If you're talking about scarcity or you're offering a one-off discount, nothing wrong with that if it's genuine. But the trouble is, as he's demonstrated, normally it isn't. And also not a problem to use every trick in the book to persuade someone to buy if you really believe that what they're buying is absolutely brilliant and will help them to make amazing changes in their life. But we'll carry on this conversation next week and talk about what happens after you've bought. Because Mike isn't just going along and making fun of people. He's going along buying these products and actually trying to make a success of them. But as you'll hear, and you might be shocked when you hear this, the product or the experience that you get often doesn't quite match up to the claims that are made when it's being sold to you. So I'm sure you've enjoyed this conversation so far. Bike is so great to talk to. And you definitely won't want to miss next week's episode because there are plenty more revelations to come.
0: Now, it may not be a shock that our Hub Extra is Mike's Contrepreneur video. But there's a reason why it's a Hub Extra for the second time. Because we went to it the first time, and lots of people went and watched that video. And the video began to go viral. Hundreds of thousands of people watched that video. Not all podcast listeners. But a lot of you got there early on and, and helped drive the views and helped by sharing that video out. And that's fantastic. But what wasn't fantastic was that one of the people who feel very sensitive about the Contrepreneur video... Got it banned. Yeah, they picked a a slight clip where the back of their head was shown and used the copyright infringement to get YouTube to ban the video. So Mike and his team have put the video back together with that slight edit taken out and republished the video. It's absolutely fantastic that Mike has the attention of these gurus and I think that by getting it banned only adds more fuel to what he's doing and will create more attention and noise. So check out The Contrapreneur Formula on YouTube, on Mike's channel. We'll link to it in the show notes. Absolutely worth a watch. It will explain so much more about what he's done and what he's doing. And the more people that see it, the more people will become enlightened about what is happening here and this whole
1: con of an industry. One of the things we love the most is hearing about your success. And yes, there are people who are managing to be successful in property without running to the back of the room to buy at something ending in a seven. This week we've heard from Jacob who's got in touch on Instagram to say I just wanted to thank you for producing such great content for such a long time. I've been listening for around two and a half years and both of you inspired me with what you've achieved. I'm 21 and I've bought two houses during my time in the game with hopefully many more to come. Once again thank you for creating such a valuable resource in the form of the podcast and Property Hub as a whole. And Rob For me, this is what it's all about. 21 years old, two properties already, and doing it not by looking for a magical shortcut, but by educating himself and doing the work.
0: Yeah, who knew you can do it through hard work and not doing it via a secret formula that we've heard so much about today. Well done, Jacob. Thank you for showing us how it's really done. So that's us done for this week. Make sure you're with us next week for part two of this two-parter special. If you think what you've heard this week is good, wait till you hear what Mike talks about next week. We've got him back on. In the meantime, you've got our YouTube channel and Mike's YouTube channel to keep you busy. Property Hub UK and Mike Winnit. Go and check those out and get subscribed if you're not already. And of course, we've got Ask Rob and Rob on Tuesday. So lots to keep you busy with. Until we're back with you next Thursday, have fun, take care, bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.